You know, there's a special mojo that's felt during those moments when human beings genuinely share who they are. When you see a songwriter who deeply believes and has lived the words that they're singing, it's the kind of magic that hushes a noisy room or sends shivers down your spine. I'm here to explore just that. What is it exactly that makes that kind of magic moment happen? Greetings, folks. My name is Michael Averill, and this is the Write Songs You Love podcast. Whether you're a professional songwriter or someone who uses songwriting to get their thoughts and feelings out on paper, you're welcome here. So, what this is, this is the first episode of this podcast, and I am delighted to begin this journey with you. I want this to be a place to share stories about songs that have been impactful in special ways, not necessarily just in terms of chart-topping songs or massive hits kind of way, more in the the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day kind of way. <laughs> so a little bit about who I am. Growing up in, uh, and coming through high school, I, I was somebody who really excelled in athletics, and I grew up in a musical family and, and always had that around, but one of the uh, subjects that was always the bane of my existence was English. And in grade 11, I remember just getting the first, the first meeting where somebody came in to talk about college and what it, what it meant to actually be able to be accepted or eligible for college. And I saw all the different classes that you needed and, and the grades that you needed. And I saw the percentage that you needed for English and, and I wasn't anywhere near that. So I started looking at all these other scenarios of, of what, what needed to be done. And if you didn't have a certain amount uh, or a certain grade in English, you needed to take an exam called the LPI, which stood for the Language Proficiency Index. So to try to prepare for that, I, I remember taking this exam and you needed a certain score to be able to apply. So I did the exam and it came back and it was one level before the level that it needed to be. So I felt super discouraged about that and had just noticed over over time that I, I really struggled in the moments of trying to write an essay on the spot or or trying to read lengthy lengthy bits of script and and communicating back what it was actually about. I'm not sure why, but it's it's still something that follows me around a bit today. But all I just came away with is that I had failed and so the next time it came around, I took it again. And sure enough, same result, got the same score. And as I moved into my grade 12 year, my English hadn't gotten any better. And I was starting to panic a little bit about like, what am I going to do if, if I actually can't achieve that, that passing grade or I can't pass this other test? And then comes along the career, you know, prediction exam that when you fill it out, it tells you what you're likely to be. So I do this exam and right at number one, it tells me I'm going to be a dolphin trainer. <laughs> and so with the mixture of how many times I'd failed this other test and the low English mark, I, I realized I'm like, well, maybe I'm not meant to speak to humans. Maybe dolphins are where it's at. <laughs> but, uh, at the same time, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So thankfully, in grade 12, I had a teacher 
who was like unlike other any other teacher I'd ever had before. He he combed his hair in this way that that looked like he was out of the 30s. He had these uh, round glasses that just made his magnified his eyes to to such a large large degree. And and when he spoke, he he kind of spoke sometimes like he was a cartoon. Like I literally just was fascinated by this guy. I just felt like he came from another time period and. And he made English interesting for me, uh, and not just interesting, he made it fun for me. And I don't know what it was, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you if anything in my writing actually changed that year, but it seemed to connect with him and something came out of me a little bit differently than it had been before. And after that semester of English, I ended up coming walking away with the highest mark of any class I'd ever had in all of high school. Therefore, it made all those tests that I had failed irrelevant and gave me that opportunity to, to go ahead and apply and meet all the eligibility requirements for university. So however many now, 10 years later, you know, I, I turned into somebody who, who quit their job that they went to college for, you know, to pursue, to, to pursue music. And I've now made my living as a singer songwriter ever since which, you know, from where I was just blew me away that I could be doing something like this now. So big shout out and huge thank you to my grade 12 English teacher, Mr. Cox, who I think I wouldn't be here today without you. So appreciate it. <laughs> so the longer I have stayed in music over these last 10 years, the more people I've met who also kept at it. And through our conversations, I just noticed that the topic started to change. And when friends started getting things like record deals or going on big tours and playing big venues or festivals, I always felt quite envious of that. In my mind, that was making it. And, and it was very different from the kind of thing that I was doing. I had found a path for myself doing smaller interactive concerts in people's homes. And on average, about 25 to 30 people would show up, sometimes as big as 60, sometimes as small as five or six. Um, meanwhile, some of these other friends of mine were playing to thousands of people. But despite that, I was finding the, the way I was going about it to be pretty successful for me in, in all the ways that made sense. I always had a respectful listening audience. I was able to connect and engage with people and their stories, and people would actually buy my albums. Actually, sometimes when they're up for donation for two to three times more than the market price for albums were going, and I'd always come away feeling like I just gained a whole bunch of new friends and family, and that was super rewarding. So I'd come back from tours feeling energized and inspired and, and actually just pumped to go out again. I didn't want to stop. I always made money which is the opposite of what everyone told me was a touring was about, you know, the long drives, crappy hotels, truck stop food, no sleep, no pay. So unfortunately, that that's actually the way a lot of songwriters and bands do it and experience it. If you know, if you if you keep following that path, it often leads to a sour taste in your mouth about the music industry and about songwriting in general, which leads to dissatisfaction and burnout and ultimately quitting. And that's so sad to me. So anyway, I, when a friend of mine 
who's playing all these kinds of major shows uh, on a walk one time said after hearing about my experiences that that he was envious of me and what I got to take in and, and that was shocking. He said that he never got to connect with people like that and in the structure he was operating in it could get quite lonely and disorientating and and that's often the story we hear and that affects the perception of what it means to be a songwriter what we think comes along with that title and identity so i want to use this space to do whatever i can to counter that way of thinking and and to share evidence that it doesn't have to be that way i'm here to make a case that Songwriting is and should be a lifelong language that is essential to health and well-being, not just for songwriters out there, but also to the important people around them in their lives. So if you're a songwriter listening, this is what you can expect here. We're going to be getting into a bunch of meaningful stories behind songs and the real impact they have uh, that I'll be sharing from my experience, but also from guests that I'm going to bring on. You're going to get encouragement, exercises, tips, tricks, challenges for anyone who wants to try them out and see how they work for your writing. I've been running songwriting workshops over the last decade and have discussed over 2,000 songs of participants. So there's lots that I've learned from those uh, interactions and, and working through those there to, to, to share those lessons with you. And I'm actually going to bring some of those songwriters on here to share their stories, and they're going to knock your socks off. So one other cool thing that is particularly special to this very day is it's the 10th anniversary from the very first workshop that I ever ran uh, back in 2011 called the One Song Challenge. And this is something I've, I still run to this day. And I couldn't be more thankful to have these workshops in my life. They've just been a constant source of connection and community and inspiration and accountability. Just having a deadline to write songs in a group is is a magical, magical thing. I, I've come to learn that. I don't know if I would do anything else without these kinds of deadlines <laughs> or if I would ever accomplish anything. So anyway, I'm hoping the time that you spend here helps with fine-tuning your inner creative compass and helps you become more clear on why you write songs, because I think that's just so important. There's always a way to put your special fingerprint on your songs, and that's what makes the process enjoyable and meaningful for everybody involved. So I just want to say a big thank you for taking the time to check this out. I'm really thrilled to be on this new journey with you, and uh, I'm going to leave you with one of the most meaningful and important songs that I've ever had the honor of being a part of, and I'll share the story behind it on the next episode with you. So I'll catch you next time. Thanks a lot. There are stories that you hear about that break your beaten heart that hit you like a freight train leave you blown apart inside And there are stories that will lift you up higher than the clouds warm you for a lifetime and you never come back down Well I know both sides of the coin, the shiny and the dirt 
I know how good love feels and also how it hurts. I felt the breath of pressure breathing down my naked back. And sweet relief, the sunshine pushing through the cracks. I got a hundred million questions about the way the world works. And there's two hundred million answers that I'll never understand. One thing that I've come to know is that things will always change. And while I got this chance, I wanna take the time to say thank you. Thank you. For the strength I couldn't find. Thank you. Thank you. For the peace I feel inside. Thank you. In your words, your gentle helping hand. I've never known a better friend. Thank you, thank you. For your thoughts and open ears. Thank you, thank you. You've always been there through the years. Thank you, thank you. For the kindness in your words, standing by my side. I hope you know how much you changed my life. One thing that I've come to know is we'll all be gone someday. And while I got this chance, I wanna take the time to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Taking time to understand. Thank you. Thank you. For your love and open arms. Thank you. Thank you. Just for being who you are. Thank you. Thank you. For kindness in your soul, comfort in your eyes. I hope you know how much you changed my life.